Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows more isn't always better. Unless we're talking about full-size vans. These beasts do more than get you from A to B. They have so much space a man can live in it. With shag carpeting, waterbed, and a sweet lava lamp, these mobile abodes have all the comforts of home. With quality parts and plenty of Napa know-how, you can keep the original tiny house running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. New England Patriots coverage on clnsradio.com. We want to hear from you, so call in right now. The phone lines are open, 929-477-2386. What's going on, Pax Nation? This is the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show. I am your host, DJ Mees, and the Patriots just lost 31-24. to to the Seattle Seahawks. I got my co-host with me, Mr. Mike Knight. What a game. What a game. What a game indeed. And what a finish where, just like in Super Bowl 49, we're questioning a play on the goal line. And this time around, it's the Patriots that get bit with the with bad play calling, in my opinion, and it results in a Patriots loss to the Seahawks. And the Seahawks get their revenge from Super Bowl 49. They come to Gillette Stadium and get a win. And what an ending. Just I'm, I'm very confused, man. I can't wait to get, in it, get into it on the show. Yeah, once again, Seattle Seahawks 31, New England Patriots 24. And Russell Wilson went for 25 to 37, 348 yards and three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Tom Brady... Through his first interception, still threw for 316 yards. It was the game that went back and forth, back and forth till the end, a nail-biter. We also got our guy Michael Longy with us. Man, what, what did you see in this game, Longy? Well, I think it goes without saying that this was the best football game of the entire NFL season, right? I mean, there's no question about it. Yeah. This was just an unbelievable game. Uh, I think it was seven or eight lead changes. Uh, really just a well-played football game on both sides. The Patriots, uh, very uncharacteristic. Special teams mistakes, uh, fumbles, um, you know, Brady throwing an interception, obviously kind of a rare occurrence there as well. But still after all that, I mean, they had a shot on the goal line with one play. I'll be honest with you, Mike. I don't hate the play call. I don't hate the play call. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to put it in someone's hands, I understand running the ball right there. You you have a total point. You definitely do. But I'm saying, if you're going to give it to anybody, I'd, I'd, I'd have Brady throw it to Rob Gronkowski in that situation, honestly, or Martellus Bennett, one of the big guys. Uh, I, I think you just got to trust your, your A1 playmakers to make a play in that situation. I personally, I understand why it was a no call, because Gronkowski kind of initiated the contact. But come on, I, I, I don't understand why you don't make that pass interference call. Um, I, I just, it, th- there's no doubt in my mind that that was pass interference on the defense. He grabbed him by his, his collar and pulled him down. So, you know, all things said and done, it was an unbelievable football game. The Patriots uh, didn't really deserve to win this one. They gave the ball away too many times. They had too many mistakes. They gave up too many big plays, which is another uncharacteristic thing by them. So, I mean, all in all, they probably didn't deserve to win this one, but man, was it entertaining out there. 
It was definitely an entertaining game. And I agree with you, Alonji, when you said the Patriots didn't deserve to win this game. And there's a lot, a lot we can speak on and how they really it – was, it was a frustrating game as a Patriots fan to watch. It was, there was a lot of things that did not go right. But we want to hear from you guys. The Blue Apron call lines are now open. Get three free meals with free shipping by simply going to blueapron.com slash Celticsbeat. So call in at 929-477-2386, 929-477-2386. And, guys, I'm going to get right to it. The defense was horrible. Horrible. At first, you know, we've been talking about all oh, Patriots had this bend-don't-break defense. They bend-don't-break. It, it was broken. Tonight, Seattle killed us in all phases of the game, whether they were throwing the ball or running the ball. They straight up embarrassed the Patriots' defense in Gillette. This game right here, DJ Mees, is one where the Patriots finally played against a team that was pretty much up to par in terms of, of competition. You know, this is not a Buffalo Bills or Miami Dolphins or, you know, some of the teams that the Patriots have recently played and kind of steamrolled over in a sense, at least offensively. Uh, you're going up against a team who, you know, obviously one of the top defenses in the league, but at the same time you have Russell Wilson who's been playing, you know, great football the last couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, the pieces around him, Doug Baldwin, uh, Jimmy Graham, you know, we saw what the reason why, you know, I know the last couple of weeks uh, the Seahawks were depending on, you know, Christian Michael to be the running back. But this game, they really put the ball in in CJ, what's his last name? Uh, Pro, CJ Prosite. Procise, I think his last name is Procise. They they put a lot of trust in that running back. And, I mean, he was very effective as well. I mean, looking at, it, at his stats coming out of the game, the rookie finished with 17 carries uh, with 66 yards and averaged almost four yards a carry. And that was in the run game. And in the passing game, <laughs> he, led, uh, he led Seattle receivers with seven receptions and 87 yards off of, eight, off of seven targets. So, I mean, he was very effective in the game. This is just a team, all in all, that, you know, finally the Patriots got a, a, a real test today. And with that real test, uh, it, it ended in a Patriots loss. And, I mean, I think a lot of people figured that you're facing the Seattle Seahawks team. Obviously, it's a rematch, so it was a big game for them, I feel like, especially. And at the same time, this is probably, you know, the toughest competition on the schedule to this date. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't surprising how it kind of unfolded. It was, it was going to be a tough game. I didn't, I don't think anybody expected Tom Brady to just come out and be the Tom Brady we saw from the last four or five weeks, 300-plus uh, yards, three touchdowns, whatever the case may be. You know, it was going to be a tough, hard-fought game. You knew Brady was probably going to take some hits, which he did. He got beat up in there a couple times. Uh, this is just the kind of game we expected. And, I mean, for it to boil down the way it did to the end, uh, did it have to play out that way? Some of the blame could be put on the defense, like you're talking about. The defense is still a problem, and it's even more of a problem if people haven't really taken notice that if you watch this game from start to finish, there's a huge problem with this defense. I mean, this is clearly not the same defense that faced the Seattle Seahawks uh, in Super Bowl 49. It's clearly a different defense that we're seeing here, and, I mean, it was just rough to watch in the way it just ended there. 
we can, we're going to talk about that that final play calling at the end there for for a while. But what a way to end, man! Yep, and we got our guy Nick from Tampa ready to talk talk some Patriots football. Nick, it was it was a tough one, you know, nail biter. What did you see out there? Yeah, Ben don't break. They bent. They broke. They bent over. They broke back mountain. I mean everything. <laughs> It was just, I mean, I can't believe what I saw. And I was saying it, you know, I occasionally, I try to stay off, you know, the, the internet forums or during the game because I'm a little bit superstitious. But I was on the, you know, one of the Facebook forums, the Patriots forums, and I just can't stand homers. I can't stand people when I'm saying this defense is not playing well. Oh, they're, they're a second-half team. They're a se-. No, I, you could see it was happening. When you're rushing, two, when you're rushing only two uh, linemen, rushing two and dropping nine, and they're still getting open men with ten yards all around them, you can't have that. And you can't – this secondary is not good enough to rely on just the coverage because if you don't get pressure and you give Russell Wilson that much time, he's good. The, 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 the zone defense, the coverage is going to break down and he's going to find the open men. They ran all over us in the first half with their terrible O-line. They don't have a good O-line. And they ran all over us in the first half, and then they passed all over us in the second half. And then the, the, the offense, that goal line stand, what were they doing? Just run the ball four times with LeGarrette Blunt, and he will get in there. What were they doing? I just don't understand. In this defense, I mean, we, we might get to the Super Bowl, but – this is defense wins championships in the NFL, and they need to do something about this defense. I can see why they got rid of Jamie Collins because he was a distraction in the locker room. He wanted, you know, Von Miller money or whatever it was. He wasn't being a team player. Okay, you get rid of that distraction, but you got to have playmakers on defense, and I don't see that many playmakers on this defense, and it was obvious today when they actually played a real team that it wasn't happening. That was terrible. It was a terrible, terrible game from start to finish. We did a few things right, but not enough. Definitely not enough, and especially not on defense. That that last touchdown that we allowed, that was just pathetic. That was absolutely pathetic. That, that uh, touchdown they allowed at the end of the half where Patrick Chung and Logan Ryan just didn't know who they were covering, even though there was nine men in coverage, and just let Doug Baldwin just roll into the end zone. Just terrible. It's pathetic. Nick, you are fired up, man. All right, we and definitely... I don't blame him. Don't blame him at all. No, absolutely. It's terrible. You, man. It wasn't it wasn't pretty at all. But thank you for calling in. You know, Patriots do have a lot of work to do, but we appreciate your insight as always. Always, Nick. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. But you know, Nick should be fired up. You know, he has every right to be. If if you watch this game, it's just obvious to see. This defense has a lot of problems. And like I said earlier, you know, the Patriots went through uh, all the games before the bye week, and they played teams that weren't real competition. You know, obviously the bend not break defense can work against those sucky teams that you're facing. But when you get a little competition that you go up against, you're going to see that the bend not break defense can only take you so far. And tonight, we just like Nick said, they got bent over, broken, broke back, everything. It was it was terrible to watch. It was terrible to watch and witness. As as Patriots fans, it was it was just sad. And I mean, Nick said something huge about playmakers on the defense. Is there? There's no real playmakers. I mean, yeah, you could probably look at Hightower, but other than that, not having a lot of playmakers. One, 
Two, on top of that, just the way Matt Patricia, I don't know if if Matt Patricia has to answer to, to, to Belichick and they communicate on how the schemes or whatnot is going to be, but somewhere within the meetings and the practice, something is wrong. No, it's, and it's really wrong. Something is very wrong. And the fact that this is this is the product that they put out. This is the schemes that they put out week in and week out uh, against the various teams that they face. Something's not working, and it's it's gonna. You're not gonna go far with this type of defense. It's just not working. Mike, this is this is the week we need to really start looking at Matt Patricia and questioning his schemes for real. Because I've said that for we, for a while now. Because we all, every time, you know, the past weeks when we say Ben not break, it's kind of, it's kind of like an excuse that we're, we've been using or shielding. Like, oh, yeah, we let, we let up a lot of yards, but teams don't score on us. But in the back of your head, you know eventually you're going to face a team that will be able to score on you. Like the Pittsburgh game, Ben not break. It was like, but if you had Big Ben there, you could see easily that Big Ben was going to throw some numbers against us. Easy. This was our this was our first test against a, a pretty good offense. You know, Russell Wilson's getting back, Jimmy Graham, Doug Baldwin, and they just killed us and we have a problem, a serious problem with our secondary. Because we don't have a second cornerback. It goes Malcolm Butler and then tissue paper. Logan Ryan is horrible. It's not he should not be, be on the field, but then again, who are you gonna put in there? Corey Coleman? Corey Coleman was struggling crazy. Eric Rowe wasn't even activated for this game, and he was struggling. So you have a major problem. It's not like you can pick anyone up from free agency. You can't trade for anybody. So it's Matt Patricia needs to come up with something. And I thought, you know, you give this Patriots team two weeks to prepare for this offense. They'll show up with something. But no, man, it was it was really sad to see how bad this secondary really was. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, obviously, the Patriots. You know, after this game, the Patriots sitting at seven and two, first in the AFC East, one of the top teams in in the, in the conference. But I don't know what it's going to really take for people to start realizing that this defense is a problem because nobody really talks about it. I feel like I don't hear too many people talk about it. Obviously, it's good. It's cool. It's good to sugarcoat when you have a team with Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Martellus Bennett, Julian Edelman, Bill Belichick's the coach, and, and they're just running through teams offensively. But what is it going to take for the team, Bill Belichick, for people to really start taking notice and, and talk about the fact that this team has a problem with their pass rush. Their pass rush is non-existent. And then the second thing is, when in terms of the secondary – who are we depending on really out there? Malcolm Butler can't be everywhere. He can't do everything. Uh, I honestly, we haven't really, no one's really said how, how good of a season or how bad of a season. No one's really talked about period Devin McCourty. Like if you look at the secondary, some of it is, yeah, you have dummies out there like Logan Ryan, but at the same time, look at the plays that these guys are making down the field wide open, too much zone coverage. It doesn't make sense. Maybe the Patriots want to go to zone coverage because they know that their their personnel is terrible and trash, like Logan Ryan. Like, people really need to start talking about Mike, the defense. We'll get, the pro- 
we'll get to more of the the secondary and how how bad it is in a second. But quickly, we're going to hear some quick words from our sponsors and then jump right back onto our secondary. The workers who have succeeded in this new economy are those who know how to decide for themselves how to spend their time and allocate their energy. They understand how to set goals, prioritize tasks, and make choices about which projects to pursue. People who know how to self-motivate, according to studies, earn more money than their peers, report higher levels of happiness, and say they are more satisfied with their families, jobs, and lives. The preceding excerpt is from Charles Duhigg's The Power of Habit audiobook, published by Random House Audio. Audible is the leading source of audiobooks online, and to get access to audiobooks such as this, along with a free 30-day trial, log on to audiblepodcast.com slash try now. Thanks to everyone who downloaded the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and of course, the free CLNS Radio mobile app. Another game is in the books for the four-time Super Bowl champions. Before you know it, another week of football will be upon us, and we here at the Patriots D Podcast will have you covered. We'll provide the most in-depth breakdown of the most recent Patriots game, reaction to all the transpirings throughout the week, all while looking ahead by providing a featured interview as we go behind enemy lines of the Pat's next opponent. It's all on the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Radio. Released every Friday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern Time on clnsradio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and of course, the CLNS Radio mobile podcast app. And we are back on the CLNS Radio Patriots postgame show. Seattle Seahawks win 31-24 to against the New England Patriots. However, we had some great games from Martellus Bennett and Julian Edelman, seven receptions for them both. Martellus Bennett with 102 yards in, on seven targets. And Julian Edelman, seven, tar- seven receptions on, with 99 yards. Those guys came out and they balled. Edelman did lose a fumble that I know Mike was fired up about that he wants to talk about later on the show. But right now, we are going to go to our Harris segment, Harris of the Patriots Deep Podcast which is released first thing every Friday morning on clnsradio.com and the CLNS Radio mobile app. Harris, this game was not pretty, especially on the defensive end of of the field. What's going on with the Patriots' defense? Well, I think, first of all, you you just have to say that that was easily the best game of the NFL season so far. I don't don't even think it was close. These, These are easily the two best teams in football, going play for play, throw for throw. I mean, it's it's easy to criticize the Patriots defense here. Their secondary obviously wasn't, you know, up to up to what you'd hope coming off a of bye week, but by God, Russell Wilson was incredible tonight. Russell Wilson was a maestro out there. And, you know, he was matching Brady throw for throw all over the field, making some incredible fades down the field, making good decisions. I don't think the the Patriots got their hands on a ball once. And that was Logan Ryan when he dropped a really, there would have been a really tough uh, interception. But that was the only time the Patriots got anywhere close to getting a turnover against this guy. He was on fire. It just, I'm a little annoyed that we're not seeing Cyrus Jones be given a shot because clearly Justin Coleman and Logan Ryan are not working right now. Uh, Malcolm Butler had a decent enough game, but again, Ru- Russell Wilson was just picking them apart. What a, what a game. Finally to him healthy too. Looking at the final play of the game, I know Laundry said it earlier, you know, 
Patriots have playmakers in, in Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, so them making that final play on that fourth down on the first on the, on the one yard line uh, was an option that they could have gone with. Uh, I know I personally feel like running the ball would have been an easier option. I think people can go back and forth when you talk about Brady and Gronk versus a one yard line run with uh, Legarrette Blunt. What is your opinion on that final play with the Patriots choosing to pass it instead of run it in? Well, it's exactly that, isn't it? It's, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time, throwing it to the greatest tight end of all time and a tight end fade that probably works, what, 70% of the time versus giving the ball to LeGarrette Blunt, who already has two touchdowns from the, the same spot, you know, already in this game. It's like, it, it, I, I said this to Alonji when I first called in, it, it is a 70% chance that you score a touchdown on, like, in that situation with the players you have on the field. This was just the 30% of the time where the ball wasn't perfect. There was a little bit of holding, a little bit of shoving. It just didn't work out. I mean, I find it hard to argue against, you know, taking their – I find it hard to argue that you want to take the ball out of the out of your, you know, the best player in the NFL's hands and give it to LeGarrette Blunt. But at the same time, I see the argument. I, I, don't, I don't hate the call. I'm not a big fan of fades. But, you know, it's – it's Rob Gronkowski. At the same time, has Gronk, did Gronk have a great game? No, he did not. I, I think that hit from Earl Thomas really took uh, – really kind of brought him back down to earth for a second. But, you know, it's, it's like do you throw to Gronk in a fade? Do you give it to Blunt at the run? Do you give it to Edelman to do a slant or the little out that they usually have them do? It, you know, it, 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 it really is up in the air for what you do. I don't mind the play call, but I can see why – I can see what the other options are. So you brought up Cyrus Jones, which I'm happy you did. We didn't get to see him play on defense at all. And we're pretty much questioning what we can do with this secondary to improve. So are you saying that Cyrus Jones could be possibly an answer to help Matt Patricia and this defense out? I mean, you never really know because the way that Belichick has constantly run his defense is that you don't get a chance on defense until you make it through special teams. I mean, that's how we treated – Logan Ryan coming out of college. That's how we treated um, Kyle Arrington when they brought him in. That's how they uh, treated Justin Coleman when he got here last year. Like, that's just what they do with corners. You prove yourself in special teams, and then you can play snaps on defense. And, again, Cyrus Jones made a great return, then fumbled the ball. Crazy. He's not going to see the field on defense if he keeps fumbling the ball on these returns. It's just – it's a shame, but – you know, I'm not sure if it's a personnel issue anymore, though, guys. I'm, I'm really – some of the defensive play calling that we had tonight was atrocious. That, that second half – or, excuse me, the, the drive at the end of the first half was maybe the worst called defensive uh, outing series, excuse me, I've ever seen. That was horrible. There were gaps of – 40 yards open down the field, and they were just attacking them, getting these massive chunks of yardage at a time. And, you know, the bend and break defense usually doesn't break, but it broke tonight. So now you question, what do we do from here? Definitely. But at the same time, they're still 7-2, and two, number one seed in the AFC, and running away with the division. So I don't really know how much we can complain. That's my. That's the same argument and statement I make week in and week out. As much as we talk about the bend and not break defense being a – terrible and we don't like it you're talking about a team sitting at the top of the division is being one of the top teams uh in the afc uh yeah one play that the one play that i question 
that I feel was a huge turning point late in the game in that fourth quarter was Julian Edelman's fumble. You know, a lot of times we see Julian Edelman, you know, is a feisty player, wants to try to break tackles and make moves and, and pick up huge yardage. In, in this situation, I don't think, you know, going up against a team like Seattle where this is not a dumb team you're facing. You know that they're coming for the ball with, with whatever, whatever they have to do. How do you feel about him trying to be that playmaker uh, breaking free and fumbling that ball and just going down and let the Patriots set up for their next play? How do you feel about that playing out? I mean, there's sometimes where Julian Edelman just needs to go down. I think that he's had that problem. I think it's led to injuries. I think it's led to fumbles. But again, like that's just who he is. You, you give and you take. And it just I don't know what it is with the pass this year, man. But they they have been fumbling. It feels like a lot more than they usually do, or at least not forcing enough turnovers on the other side of the ball that they can make up for it. That's my biggest argument with this team. Sure, you can argue about the yardage they give up, but this defense does not force turnovers. And that's the biggest problem. You, you can fumble the ball twice and lose it. If you can pick a ball off in the middle of the game and give yourself a series back. But losing two series of, of, of offense and giving the ball back to Seattle and then them going down and scoring a touchdown was the game. So, again, but look, you know, two of the best teams in football – uh, an incredible football game, best game of the year that comes down to the last play with 12 seconds left on the clock, a failed fade to Rob Gronkowski to end the game. You know, it's, it's like, you know, it's, you, you start feeling picky when you're trying to pick apart such an incredibly close game like this. Sometimes these games just come down to the wire. But, again, I was a little bit disappointed in the Landon Roberts for not really stepping up with a big opportunity. I love seeing my dude Trey Flowers, though, making some plays out there. Finally, yeah. that's three, three sacks for him in the past, like, seven quarters of football. So, good for Trey Flowers stepping up. By the way, here's something we haven't talked about. What the heck is going on with Jabal Sheard, and why is he not on the field? That was a question. That's, that was me. <laughs> that's a question me and uh, Mike were just speaking on, too, how not only was he barely playing tonight, we haven't heard his name been called for a while now, and nope. he's and it's crazy. He's leading the lead, uh, lead are leading the Patriots in sacks. So that just tells you how well not no more with Trey Flowers having that uh, yeah. having a breakout game. And he's Trey Flowers, what our lone bright spot pretty much in in this yeah. game. So Harris, you nailed it right on the point, like you do every week. Thank you, man, for that insight. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Harris. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Harris, yep. Harris of the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio. Download the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and, of course, the CLNS Radio mobile app released every Friday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern. And once again, guys, the Blue Apron call lines are open. So call in. Let us know what you think about this game. 929-477-2386, 929-477. 2386, and we have Tim from North Reading. What's going on, Tim? Yo, what's up, Marvin? What's up, Mike? What's I hope on, you guys Tim? are doing well. Uh, a few thoughts on tonight. Uh, I think the first up is with the goal line with uh, Brady up fumbling and then Blunt missing in. What what I didn't understand is is Blunt missed off the first time barely. You know, he almost got in because. Uh, Chancellor, uh, I'm, I'm because Chancellor held him back. But if you saw 
earlier with one where in which he got his touchdown or which he got three man, but there was a point where he was running for seriously straight two minutes into that end zone where every shot was on him. So so you think that you would run in again. So I think with the Brady sneak, I think it was too early to do that. But um, I think another thing, I'm, 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 I think another thought that I had tonight too, I was about Matt Patricia. You know, I I read something uh, a few weeks ago saying that Matt Patricia is a leading candidate to be a uh, to be a head coach. And you know, I'm I just Jeez. don't see anything amazing in this defense. I don't know, I'm, I don't know if you guys see it, but um, I, I'm just not seeing anything that's like fantastic from him. So. Um, you know, I, you know, for me, like I'm not too worried about the Patriots' loss. Uh, it was a good fought game, but this defense has a lot of issues. Um, even with, even if Jimmy Collins was on it, it would still have been a lot of issues going on. So uh, that's my thoughts, you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Tim. Thanks, thanks, man. Tim, my guy. I got some beef with Tim, though. You know, I go to Tim for fantasy <laughs> advice, and I asked him, I asked him who I should play, Allen Robinson oh, no. or JJ Nelson. <laughs> Yo, and, uh, dude, I checked that out. Oh, dude, I checked that out. I saw 1.90 for J.J. Nelson and Allen Robinson. I was like, damn, I screwed over my man, Marv. I'm sorry, bro. Look, hopefully, look, hopefully I'll get you back next week. Okay, <laughs> thanks a lot. Next week, man. See you later. Hey, one thing I got to agree with Tim about, though, was that he brought up, I don't know about Matt Patricia being a – I don't know what teams – if if other teams must be stupid if they're not watching Matt Patricia – at, he's the defense. He has one job to do, working with the Patriots. One job. He's the defensive coordinator. So all he has to do as defensive quarter, co- coordinator is make sure the defense is playing at top notch. He is getting and- sugar coated by the Patriots offense because if there was no Brady and you know these weapons, Matt Patricia should be getting exposed as the fraud he really is, and he sucks. I think he absolutely sucks, defensive coordinator, and he's not going to do any better as a head coach. <laughs> Mike, you you're going off, and I know I know you're not a big fan of Matt Patricia. Me, as I'm not, I was never sold on Matt Patricia, and even in 2014 when we had Revis and we had Browner, that great defense, we still let up a lot of yards that year. Even with, I mean, Revis was shut down his receiver, of course, but other than that, the Patriots were still letting up a lot of yards. I don't think Matt Patricia was ever that great of a defensive coordinator. And now we have Evan from Bridgewater calling in. Evan, what did you see in this game? It wasn't great, but we'd love to hear your input. Hey, how you doing, brother? Um, now, this is, this is more of a – definitely from this game, um, but also in the Patriots in general. One thing that I've noticed from the Patriots is that our tackling is terrible. Our tackling is, is probably like the – we have guys in position, but they can't make simple tackles. They can't wrap up. And this is a problem that I feel that if we can fix, we could be a, such, such a better defense. I, I know a lot of – I know y'all were saying that you're not sold on Matt, Patricia. And, you know, I, and to an extent, I think, yes, he has he, – he is somewhat of a fraud. But – it's not like his system is completely terrible. Sometimes our players are in position, but they're just making terrible tackles. Um, that's one thing I want to uh, kind of show. But in the game today, another thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the fumble. There was a fumble, I believe, that was in the, was that in the first half where uh, 
it wasn't very clear, but then when they, they uh, reviewed the play, you could see that the ball comes out and the Patriots picked it up. But I was surprised that Belichick didn't throw that red flag to, to indicate, you know, to review the play. So uh, that's another thing I just wanted to pick up. And these are huge things that factor into these games, you know. So just wanted to talk about that for a bit. Hey, I hear what you're saying completely. And to go off your first point about the tackling, I do hear you. Tackling is an issue, but I feel like tackling is a small part of the larger issue in the whole Patriots defense scheme I mean, and how they run things through Patricia. All right. If, if we look at tonight's game, we, we were talking about two two running backs, uh, Chris Michael and, and some guy, no name, or was it Pro, Pro or I don't, I don't know what this guy Precise. Yeah. Oh yeah, this guy. He, uh, I mean, he's he's a nobody, and we had him in in the backfield several times, and he came out and ended up making two yard games, three yard games here and there that added up. I I feel like I feel the the big big issue is just the tackling. You know, we have we have guys like Rob Nikovich. He's he's a great player, smart player. Physically, I, he's not all there in my personal opinion when it comes to to um. To, to speed and, and such such aspects like this, um, you know we I mean Dante Hightower is obviously great. I have no problems with him. He's a big run stopper for us. You know we have other other um, areas where uh, where we're very adequate. But again, I really think it just really comes down to wrapping up and tackling correctly. You know. I hear what you're I saying. Hope. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Marv. First of, first of all, I just want to thank Evan for calling in. Evan, a.k.a. E-Major, our guy out in Bridgewater. Thank you for calling in, man. Absolutely, brother. This is a great podcast. Appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, with the with the tackling, I agree with Evan a lot. Before this year, Patriots were one of the best tackling teams in the NFL. Without a doubt, once they, they got a hand on you, they were taking – you down, but this year is definitely seemed like, especially with quarterbacks, Patriots have struggled wrapping up, tackling, and teams have just been able to get a lot of yards after a first hit or a second hit. So that's one. I don't know how do you fix that. That's uh, through practice, getting them tougher. I don't know how you fix that, but it's something that needs to get pointed out. That's a great point. Another thing we need to understand, as much as we are bashing this defense, Russell Wilson, like Harris was saying, Russell Wilson's really good. We really got to start giving some respect to Russell Wilson. I was telling you, Mike, um, when we were watching the game, I value Russell Wilson as a better quarterback than Andrew Luck. Uh, that's how well I see. His guy is accurate. He, he can create plays. He's always, you know, he, he's never um, uh, phased by big moments. He's calm, nurtured, a great leader. So I, I think Russell Wilson's just an amazing player, and he's going to make plays against any type of defense that you I throw hear at. you. I hear you 100%. Don't get me wrong. Believe me. I know for a fact Russell Wilson is one of the top quarterbacks in the league. But in terms of how the Patriots play on defense and everything they do, as great as, a Russell, uh, as, great as Russell Wilson is, the Patriots will make Russell Wilson and other quarterbacks in the league look even better just due to the fact on how their defensive schemes 
go from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. Just like I've said in previous weeks about Tyrod Taylor, a Tannehill, even a Landry Jones sometimes when when they face the, uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you give quarterbacks, NFL quarterbacks, time in the pocket, they will kill you. They will destroy you. They will dismantle you. And now you talk about a Russell Wilson who's better than a Tyrod Taylor, who's better than a Ryan Tannehill, who's better than a, a Landry Jones. You talk about a Russell Wilson, the man finished – 25 to 37, threw for three touchdowns and 348 yards, and that's against a Russell Wilson. That's that's a that's the problem with the defense. You go against a guy like Russell Wilson and let him do that. How how many other quarterbacks are going to feast on this offense? How many others? I mean, like I say all this, I say this all the time. You can only say so much because the Patriots are sitting seven and two. But at the end of the day, these are the stats that we're looking at from quarterbacks, opposing quarterbacks, week in and week out. Definitely, Mike. I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsors, Omaha Steaks and Blue Apron, featuring several different cuts of steak plus chicken, pork chops, meatballs, sides, desserts, and more. The family gift pack from Omaha Steaks packs almost 10 pounds of deliciousness and an unbeatable price. Get the perfect holiday gift with the family gift pack from Omaha Steaks by going to omahasteaks.com. Enter my code is BEAT, that's B-E-A-T, in the search bar and add the family gift pack to your cart for just $49.99. That's 77% savings. It's just a gift guarantee to be a hit. Also, Blue Apron gives you great food for less than $10 per meal. Blue Apron delivers new seasonal recipes each week along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals at a great deal. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash patriots. We'll love if everyone, if they had interest, would use these promo codes as it is a way to help support us here at CLNS Radio. And now we are going to move on to our segment with Tyler Chadeau, Tyler Chadeau, CLNS Radio video correspondent, youtube.com slash CLNS Radio. Tyler Patri- Patriots fall to the Seahawks, thirty-one to twenty-four. Blunt had a great game, you know, three touchdowns. Bennett also was a standout on offense. But the big thing everyone's speaking on right now is the Patriots defense. Yeah, it was just an extremely interesting game defensively. I mean, everything seemed like it was going fine, especially. That first drive, it's 7 nothing really quickly. It just seemed like, oh, same old, same old for the Patriots. They're just going to come in and run through another team in Gillette. But this Seahawks team, definitely, even without Bennett, is still an extremely efficient defensive team that can contain the Patriots to 24 points. And that is containing this Patriots offense. And it was really the defense today that let them down. I'm sure a lot of people today or uh, tomorrow and throughout the week are going to be talking about how this Jamie Collins trade has definitely thrown everything off. And I know the Patriots really struggled tackling today, but really where they got burned was the secondary. And I think this is a continuous thing. And everyone's been talking about how, oh, the Patriots defense is good enough to get them through the regular season and into the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. Well, I really don't think it's the uh, up-front part. I don't think it's the line, the defensive line's problem. I really don't think 
it's the linebacker's problem. I think it is the secondary's problem. They have been consistently burned. Doug Baldwin made them look like a fool. He got three touchdowns tonight. Russell Wilson definitely was feeling the best he has felt all season, and I personally do not like him, but he just showed up to play today and outplayed Tom Brady, and that's hard to say when Brady has a 304 throwing yards in a game and he doesn't even throw a touchdown, and I know 300 yards in a game is pretty good, but that's not Tom Brady good and what Patriots fans are used used to. Russell Wilson had a great game, absolutely picked apart this just terrible Patriots secondary. Logan Ryan was looking like a fool like usual, and it was just a really disappointing loss. The offense did all it could, and the defense just let them down. What are your thoughts on on, on Matt Patricia? Because I mean, I I know you know you're one of the people who we talk to week in and week out who kind of understand that this whole bend not break defense is is not not really helpful, and not as effective as the Patriots probably want it to be. But I mean, in terms of Matt Patricia and his tenure his, his tenure with the Patriots. Uh, other than the year they won the Super Bowl, this has been a continuous conversation with this with this Patriots team over the last couple of years, minus that Super Bowl season. Just what is your thoughts on him and how the defense has been constructed over the years, especially since he's been the defensive coordinator for this team? I don't think Matt Patricia is necessarily a bad defensive coordinator, but I don't think he's anywhere near a good defensive coordinator. You've never heard the... Patriots won a game maybe except that Super Bowl where Malcolm Butler caught that interception. I think that's the only time I can remember in recent history when the Patriots won a game with their defense. Not that the offense didn't play well that game. They did, but the defense won that game in the last play of the game. I think that something needs to happen. I know nothing's going to happen during the middle of the season right now. They're 7-2. and two. They're in a good spot. They still can win the AFC and probably make it to the Super Bowl still. But this is the problem, is that if you're going to face a good defensive team like the Seahawks are, like, we, like the Patriots are going to run into when they face the Broncos, when they face good defensive teams, their defense is also going to need to step up because Russell Wilson – had a great game, but the Patriots have also done a great job of making people like Tyrod Taylor look unbelievable this season on offense, making Ryan Tannehill in the second half of a game look like uh, MVP of the league. They have made average players look incredible on on this Patriots defense, which has been a really big red flag. The defense is going to need to step up because this bend and break mentality is not going to work when it comes to playoff time. It might be able to be enough to get through the rest of the regular season. They may win out the rest of the game. They may lose one more, but I still believe that they are going to win the AFC and take that number one seed and have home field advantage all the way through the playoffs. But once they start to face heavily defensive, powerful teams, their defense is what's going to need to step up because if it's a game like this. I'm going to give it to the other team because the defense just isn't good right now. They are not in a position where they're putting themselves into win games. Obviously, this is one flag away, one catch away, one thing away where it's in overtime and the Patriots could pull it out. But 
you cannot count on the refereeing to be good in the NFL. You really can't. It's unfortunate, but you cannot count on the NFL to make a good call when you needed to at the end of the game. And this Patriots defense is just straight up going to have to step up. Eric Rowe was out, and he's been big in covering up Logan Ryan when he's been terrible. So Eric Rowe was out this week. Hopefully when he comes back, that will be a big boost for the Patriots. But, again, the defense needs to be better. Defense definitely needs to be better. Because, listen, if it wasn't for Brady throwing some incredible balls in third down, like on third and 25, or that late third down stretch to um, Rob Gronkowski, like, we, we could have been in a bigger hole than just 31 to 24. But I want to switch gears because all we've been doing all night is speaking on the defense. But speak on the offense as well. There's been times watching the offense. It was also frustrating. You, we had the Edelman fumble. We had Brady who, um, who also fumbled in the game. And just the offensive play calling, sometimes it was just a head scratcher running it up the middle with LeGarrette Blunt that would go up no yards. Then they started to figure it out when they would run it outside. I just felt like the game plan wasn't there. They didn't utilize James White as much as I thought they would have. Four receptions for 32 yards. It's like they couldn't. They didn't really have a game plan for the Seattle Seahawks this week. What do you think? I agree. I agree with that. I feel like that the game plan going into it was strangely conservative with the position that they're in. I feel like the Patriots have enough firepower to start the game off and come in with throwing, maybe taking a few risks going deep, just, but running it up the middle with a glare at blunt just wasn't working and it wasn't working early. And I know he had a great game with three touchdowns and his second touchdown was excellent when he, that was the most exciting one yard run I've seen in my entire life when he ran in basically <laughs> three times and finally fell into the end. That was awesome. But he really didn't have an, excellent game he carried the ball 21 times for only 69 yards and three touchdowns is great and all but he really wasn't running the ball consistently unless they got closer enough they just kept pounding him right through the middle and the Seahawks have such a great line that they're going to be able to stop almost anyone at that point and I really did feel like the game plan was a little scattered because and this is the frustrating thing about the Patriots offense is that they still had an excellent game. Edelman, even though he fumbled, had a great game. Seven receptions, 99 yards. Martellus Bennett had another great game. 102 yards, seven receptions. Gronkowski had a great catch that kept that drive going late in the game. James White was definitely underutilized, and the rest of the company was pretty much unknown, except for that Danny Amendola play um, late in the game. Chris Hogan was a no-show, but the top parts of the Patriots offense with Bennett, Edelman, and Gronkowski. They performed very well, and they should have been able to pull out this game, I think. But, again, their offense was uh, clicking, but it just seemed scattered at times. It seemed like they started off the game with that amazing championship drive. I really think that that was a show of a championship team right there. They come in, they start off the game, boom, 7 nothing immediately. That is exactly what you want to see for your team. And then they come out the next two times, three and out, and it just kind of stalled the offense. And then it was 7-6, to six, and then it was 12-7, to seven, and it just all was very strange. It went from feeling like they had all the momentum in the world to really having no momentum at all. I will say positively, it was nice to see Gostowski kick 
a bunch of field goals and not really be too concerned with it happening. So hopefully he's out of his mental problems and we can focus <laughs> on the problems of the defense. But other than that, the offense did well, but obviously we're a few plays lacking of a victory. One last question before we let you go. Getting everybody's opinion, heard Michael Longy's opinion, heard Harris's opinion. The final play of the game, Patriots either running the ball with LeGarrette Blunt on the one-yard line or going with the greatest possible quarterback of all time and the greatest tight end of all time. Which one would you have gone with, or, or what's your opinion on that? I'm fine with the uh, Gronkowski play. I honestly think there should have been a flag thrown there. But the way that Blunt was getting stopped at the goal line all night, I would have rather have seen Brady throw it. I don't know why they didn't call pass interference, but, hey, I'm not a referee, so I really can't complain too much. But, yeah, the way that LeGarrette Blunt was running, I understand that he had the hot hand and was getting through the line and scoring three touchdowns. That was great and everything. But it really came down to uh, Brady needing to step up and win it for the team. And he put it in a great place for Gronk to catch it. It just unfortunately didn't go that way. Hey man, we'll, we'll get him back Hopefully we'll get him back in the Super Bowl Maybe a Super Bowl preview we just had there We never know But at the end of the day, like everyone's been saying This was the most exciting football game Probably of the of the season It was entertaining back and forth So as a football fan, you couldn't you couldn't complain with the, with the game we witnessed Tyler, man, thank you Thank you once again for the insight We look forward to hearing from you next week when we take on San Francisco. All right, guys. Thank you so much. It was great to be back on again. I know I've been out for two weeks, but it was great to hear from you guys again. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. It's great having you, man. Bye. That's Tyler Trudeau, CLNS radio video correspondent. Follow him on Twitter at CLNS underscore Tyler. Head on over to the CLNS radio YouTube channel for Tyler's pregame videos, as well as a midweek report. Subscribe at youtube.com slash CLNS radio. That's youtube.com slash CLNS radio. Mike, before we did this show, before the game even started, we had a Facebook Live where we were answering questions and speaking on things we wanted to see in the game. And one thing I brought up was James White was going to be a big factor in this game. He was going to have that Shane Vereen role. In the Super Bowl, when we faced the Seahawks, Shane Vereen was huge, huge factor, killed the Seahawks, you know, in the dip and duck, like he he was a he was a silent, an unsung hero for that game, and I thought Patriots are going to do the same thing with um, with James White, and now you have even more help. You have Bennett. I thought it was going to be easier for the offense to you know go through Seattle's defense, but it it just didn't go that way. It felt like the game plan, like Tyler was saying, was very conservative, running up run it every first down they were running up the middle and they just put us in a hole to start off the game so I, I don't know Josh McDaniels sometimes he confuses me with his game plan I, I didn't like what I saw today offensive wise either yeah questionable play calling for sure I mean as much as we could talk about the defense and, and, and how they left too many plays out on the field and just they, they they weren't making plays. As much as you could talk about the defense, I think you have to look at the offense as well. Um, it was just it was the the play calling was very questionable. You know, us watching the game, DJ Mees, we're looking at this as you know. I think 
Tyler said it earlier in our in our conversation with him. You know, Laguerre Blunt had a decent – he got the three touchdowns. You know, he had scoring drives. But I think a lot of the times it wasn't a huge – I mean, uh, it wasn't a huge game for him. I mean, obviously the three touchdowns are huge, but a lot of the times he was getting stuffed. I mean, a lot of his work came on the goal line, getting goal line work. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, he wasn't having a huge game. Uh, and I feel like, you know, the patient depended on the run a little too much in this game at the end of the day, even though it's, it's the Seattle Seahawks defense is as good as the defense is, you have Tom Brady and we've been talking about his weapons all year long. It comes a point in time where you just got to say, you know what, put, leave the run alone and just go with the weapons that you have. You brought Bennett here for a reason. You brought, you know, Chris Hogan here for a reason. I know he was a little uh, beat up, but you had Edelman, who's been consistent and reliable for the last couple of seasons. You have Gronk, who you, we already know what everything Gronk does, and every, there's no need to even question Tom Brady. So it comes a point in time where I feel like you have to put down the run and say, we're going to de- put the game in Tom Brady's hands and have him make plays down the field with the amount of weapons that the Patriots have brought to this team. And I just feel like, you know, Josh McDaniels, Belichick, whatever the case may be, they just didn't turn to that. They, I know the run has been something that they've depended on earlier in the season. And I forgot the stat that I read uh, probably a couple of weeks ago that said, you know, this is the first time in a, in a couple of seasons where the run, the pass run, uh, the numbers is pretty balanced in terms of the amount of running plays and pass plays that Patriots do throughout the game, uh, throughout the course of the season so far. You know, this is the first time in a while that it's been pretty balanced for the Patriots. And, I mean, it's worked for them. They're sitting at 7-2, and two, but at the same time, I think in a game like this, you have to say, okay, this is not working for us. Let's turn to the passing. Because we've seen in other games where a Jonas Gray or, or, or even a LeGarrette Blunt in other games, if you see that the teams can't stop the run, feed the man and let him go to work. I mean, there comes a time in that, for that too where, you know, you don't need Brady to do much if the, if the opposing team can't stop the run whatsoever. But today was a flip situation. I think the Patriots should have put the ball in Brady's hand and let him go to work. Another thing I realized, a guy who's, who was missing today that we could use, Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis, Deion Lewis, Deion Lewis. He was supposed to play today. Then, you know, an hour, hour and a half before the game started, he came up inactive. And I think he's going to be a major key. At first, you know, James White and LeGarrette Blunt, they've been holding it down. But th- during this game, when I, I watched James White in there, it's clear he's, he, he's not a good runner. When, with the ball, he's really not a good runner. It's, it's plain to see. Everyone, everyone knows that by now. And when you have a change, a change of pace running back, you would like him to be able to run and go outside at the same time. You, when, you, when you see a Darren Sproles or you see um, – who, who else can I say? Uh, Shane Vereen or Woodhead. Those guys, they were great pass catching running backs, but they could also run it up in the middle as well and mix things up. And that's what Dion was. Dion Lewis was a dual back. So having him back would be key, a key, key um, ex- opponent, exponent for the Patriots because we definitely missed him. Yeah, I hear you. It's going to be a matter of time for him to get worked up. Uh, get really back into the swing of things. As, a lot, as much as you know, people are expecting him to play, come back today. I think maybe part of it, him not playing, was the Patriots realized, okay, this guy's coming back from a 
pretty serious injury. You're going up against the hard-hitting uh, Seattle Seahawks defense. Maybe they should hold him out till San Francisco, a team that's defense is not as hard-hitting. You know, you don't have to worry about them as much and let him work his way up against a sucky team like that. So maybe that's what played into him not playing at all. Who knows, but I'm sure we're going to see him soon enough. Definitely. Before we move on, we're going to hear some words from a couple of our sponsors. I just want to take a moment to talk to you about Movement Watches. Movement Watches, if you haven't heard of this company, it started by two broke college kids that wanted to wear stylish watches but couldn't afford them. So what did they do? They started their own company. Guys after my own heart, that's for sure. I love young entrepreneurs. As you know, CLNS Radio was founded by a bunch of Celtics fans way back in 2009, and from there we started a a company that made a career out of it. So we can absolutely relate to the owners of Movement Watches. And let me tell you, I purchased the Chrono Gunmetal Watch. This watch is so sleek, so cool, black stainless steel, it's light, it's versatile, it's great for dress occasions or even casual affairs. A little bit more about movement watches. They start at $95. I purchased the Chrome Gunmetal Watch for under $100. And I know with the watch I purchased, you're looking at $400 to $500 in a department store. So give yourself a big discount off a watch right in time for the holidays. You can get 15% off today with free shipping. And if you don't like the watch, guess what? You can return it for free. All you have to do is go to movementwatches.com slash Celticsbeat. Wait a second, even the name is cool. It's spelled www.mvmtwatches.com slash Celticsbeat. Now is the time to step up your watch game, folks, and I can tell you since I got the Chrono Gunmetal Watch, I've been getting complimented left and right. Get your 15% off, get your free shipping, no risk involved. You can return the watch if you don't like it. And you're also supporting Celtics Beat Podcast and CLNS Radio. Again, go to mvmtwatches.com slash Celtics Beat. CLNS Radio's leading online coverage of the Boston Celtics now even more comprehensive than ever. From the Celtics postgame show to the Guard Report to CSL and to Celtics Beat, CLNS Radio's Boston Celtics news feed provides narrated breaking news, game recaps, and news and notes for the NBA's winningest franchise, all provided in real time. Don't have the time to surf the web or search engines and plunge your head into your computer or smartphone to read up on all the latest on the Celtics? No problem. Multitask while listening to CLNS's Celtics news feed. And for the 2016-17 NBA campaign, the Boston Celtics pregame report with myself, Larry A. Trussell, will be released on the news feed on game days at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, making it the first pregame report to air anywhere. We will give you a featured interview from someone providing opposing insight, pregame notes, and go on a Celtics draft pick watch, all in just 12 minutes or less. Available on the Boston Celtics news feed on iTunes and Stitcher, and the CLNS Radio mobile podcast app. Patriots. We fall to the Seattle Seahawks, 31-24. to They are now 7-2, and and surprisingly, both of their losses have been at home. That's a rare statement. You don't really hear, you know, New England Patriots losing at home, but they lost twice now at home, falling recently to the Seattle Seahawks. We are going to move on to our segment with Charles Rustic. Charles Rustic's Patriots beat staff writer on clnsradio.com. Charles, welcome. It was an exciting game between Seattle 
Seahawks and New England Patriots. A lot of people were calling this the Super Bowl preview. What did you like? I know we've been talking about a lot of negative things lately, but what did you like from the New England Patriots? If anything. Uh, There's a few things that I definitely saw in this game that that made me happy, you know, even though it was a loss. Uh, One thing is Blunt kept rolling. I was really happy about that. It wasn't a huge yardage game. I think he only ended up with, like, 69 yards. But down in the down in the red zone near the goal line, he was money. You know, he got three touchdowns. I thought they should have given it to him at the end of the game. Not that it was a bad play call, but Blunt's just continuing his career year, and I'm really happy about that. Uh, one thing that I really liked was uh saw a little bit more out of the pass rush this week. Ninkovich was getting in there. He had a great sack. And uh, Chris Long even got in there a couple times. And Trey Flowers uh, finally really showing off what he was doing in the preseason, which I was really happy about because – uh, I had a lot of hype on him going into the season this year, and he was really, really looking good in the preseason, and then he kind of just tapered off once the regular season started. So I was really happy to see him. And uh, Martellus Bennett looking great. He had over 100 yards. Gronk was looking great. Edelman was finally having a big game, which I thought he was going to be an important part of this game plan due to his lateral quickness. So there was definitely a few things that uh, that really stood out here. It was, it was a pretty good game. They just made some – bad mistakes and just on defense weren't getting it done all the time. What's your thoughts on a play call? And I know DJ Mees and myself were talking about a little bit earlier and just how we feel Josh McDaniels, you know, had this game unfold and how they wanted to do things on offense. Uh, Do you feel that they possibly depended on the run a little too much instead of trying to just let Tom Brady do his things with all of his weapons? Or how do you feel the balance worked today and everything that they were trying to do? Yeah, I think uh, I think I didn't really see what they were doing in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I was really hoping for a lot of just lateral kind of movement throughout this throughout this game. Like I thought, uh, I thought James White should have had more of a role. I thought he had a couple of good receptions in the beginning of the game, and just get guys like Edelman, Amendola, and James White just getting off the line of scrimmage and getting the ball to them quickly. That's what they were doing in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with Shane Vereen and all of them, and that worked really well. Uh, I just think they were, there were a few times where they were throwing downfield a little bit too much. They ended up getting a pick. Uh, obviously, a couple of those those throws ended up pretty well, like at the end of the game, the Edelman and the Gronk. But I just I think they were they were thrown too vertically, and then I was I didn't mind that they kept with the run just because I think keeping with the run is so important, especially opening up play action as you saw that with a couple times on a, a couple Martell's Bennett catches they were on play actions. So I didn't necessarily disagree with it, but at the same time, when you let Brady go off on that defense, he's the only quarterback that could throw for like 50 times against them and still win the game. So, so yeah, definitely a little bit of a question there, I guess. And speaking of questions, Patriots have a huge question mark when it comes to the secondary. Logan Ryan got torched today. Corey Coleman had a bad game. Eric Rowe was inactive. Who can the Patriots look or what can the pitchers even do to try to improve this secondary? I know someone brought up bring maybe trying Cyrus Jones out there in the secondary, but it's it's looking really bad out there. What can Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick try to scheme up and work on the secondary? I feel like with the secondary, it's uh, one thing that I was a little bit kind of questioning today was I felt like there was a lot of zone. I kept there's like three different plays where I think. Chung was kind of covering low towards the line of scrimmage, and, Mal- and Malcolm Butler was covering that deep third of the field. 
and then just the Seahawks kept throwing right in between them. And uh, I think that was definitely messing with them because you just left all these soft spots on the field. And I think last year and during the Super Bowl year, you saw a lot of man coverage. And the secondary is essentially the same since from last year, so I don't know why they were kind of changing things up. I think if you let Malcolm Butler just do his thing and stay on the best receiver, that gets him into it, and then he can thrive on that role. And then you can work work with Logan Ryan because he, he shows that he can do it. He's shut down guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Demarius Thomas in the past. So I don't really know what's going on, and you know I don't know why – they've kind of seemed to switch up the, the scheme a little bit and kind of work a lot more zone. And I think if you can get the front moving a little bit better, that will help. If you can get the defensive line just getting after the quarterback, maybe run some more stunts, a little more blitzes, kind of kind of go a little more balls to the wall here, not be as conservative with the bend but don't break. If you just saw how that game ended with the Patriots deciding uh, to pass the ball and try to go with, you know, Brady to Gronk for for the for the tie or the win or whatever the case may be. Um, do you feel like that was the right move or or should they have gone to 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 Laguerre Blunt on the one yard line to punch it in? I mean, for me personally, I probably would have stuck with Blunt because he had three touchdowns in the game. And Brady, if he didn't fumble, I think he would have gone in on the sneak because there's a crease there, and Blunt almost made it in and was just stop short when he went through the air. But at the same time, I don't fault the Patriots for going with the, the way that they went. I don't think they made the wrong move. I just might have went with a different play call because you're telling me you have your best player who's the best quarterback ever throwing to your second best player who's possibly the greatest tight end ever. I'll take that play any day of the week. So I don't think they made the wrong move there, but just my personal opinion, I, I would have liked them to see – uh, see Blunt try another time just because you had four downs, you're on the one-yard line, he's 250 pounds, and he can fly in the air. So I think you you roll the dice with him a couple times at least. And uh, But I understand where they went because they had the box loaded up and you can have Gronk flex out there. Or at least instead of running the fade, I would have ran a slant with him and let him box out Cam Chancellor. That's what I would have done. I honestly agree with you. I'm not a big fan of fades into the goal line. I just feel like they don't work. They're not as effective anymore in the NFL as they used to be. Maybe a slant or something would have been more effective. But now, Charles, moving on, we don't have much of a tough um, tough schedule moving forward. You do have Denver at Denver, which is going to be another big game there. And then it's playoffs. You, you know, any, any opponent is going to be tough there as well. Are you concerned with this Patriots defense moving forward? And do you think the Patriots offense has enough to carry us to the Super Bowl? I think they have enough to carry us to the Super Bowl or carry them to the Super Bowl. But uh, it, it's going to get dicey in the playoffs. I think if the Patriots can get home field advantage, they're most likely going to go to the Super Bowl because – if they're at home, I don't see Pittsburgh coming in here and winning against the Patriots. The biggest threat is Denver to me because that defense can can change games in an instant. You saw it today. They win by the weirdest plays. They The Saints are going to go up on an extra point, and then they block it and return it for the two points. Mm, so crazy. I think that's, 
yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I think Denver is the the big roadblock there. But if the Patriots can uh, can just get home field advantage, I think they can beat Denver at home. So, so that's the biggest thing right there. But in the Super Bowl, I have faith in the Patriots. I have faith in them, Brady and Bill, all day long. But it's gonna get a little dicey because you need a good you need a good defense, and not that there's a lot of crazy offenses other than like the Falcons out there and the Patriots, but you need a tough defense and you need to stop teams from scoring in order to win the Super Bowl. Defense wins championships all day long. Defense wins championships. You heard it here first. Charles Rustic, thank you once again, man. We look forward to hearing from you next week. All right, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. All right, thanks, Brett. Charles Rustic, staff writer for the Patriots Beat Podcast, once again released every Friday morning. Check out Charles' work on clnsradio.com. And now we are going to move it on to Alonji, who's going to tell us what's going on around the NFL. Thanks, Ma. I appreciate it. Today's NFL scores are brought to you by Indochino. Don't waste your money on a generic off-the-rack suit that doesn't fit. Visit Indochino to get a custom-made-to-measure suit at a great deal. Our listeners right now in the Boston area can visit the showroom at 85 Newbury Street, and pick from dozens of fabric colors and patterns. Listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $389 when you mention the code PATRIOTS at the Boston Indochino showroom. That's an $800 made-to-measure suit for just $389, which is over 50% off for you math whizzes out there. Again, go to Indochino.com, promo code PATRIOTS. That's Indochino.com, promo code PATRIOTS, for over 50% off your first suit at 85 Newbury Street. Going around the NFL today, guys, Tennessee Titans absolutely blasted the hapless Green Bay Packers, 47-25. to Titans are coming on strong this year for sure. Minnesota Vikings, after starting the season 5-0, and dropped their fourth straight, falling to the Washington Redskins, 26-20. to Tampa Bay Buccaneers did work on the terrible, terrible Chicago Bears, 36-10. to Kansas City Chiefs, guys, watch out for the Chiefs. They are now 7-2 and two after rallying back from 17 points down to beat the Carolina Panthers 20-17. to 17. Philadelphia Eagles beat up on the Atlanta Falcons 24-15. to 15. L.A. Rams and New York Jets in an absolute dog of a game. Rams win 9-6, to six, all field goals in that one. Uh, Denver Broncos, an unbelievable play, blocking an extra point after a late touchdown by the New Orleans Saints. Winning a late one, 25-23. That was a thriller. Broncos are now 7-3 and on the season. Houston Texans get past the Jacksonville Jaguars, 24-21. Guys, be careful. Houston Texans, 6-3 and on the year so far, coming up quietly. And then the, the Miami worried. Dolphins. Miami Dolphins in the division, 31-24 over the San Diego Chargers. Dallas Cowboys with the best record in football now, 8-1 and after beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. 35 to 30. And then we come to next week's opponent, guys. The San Francisco 49ers dropped to 1 and 8 on the season after falling to the Arizona Cardinals 23 to 20. That's the NFL scores from around the league, guys. Be sure to go to indochino.com slash patriots for a free, for a premium Indochino suit, just $389. Back to you guys. Thank you, Alonji. Yeah, I'm not worried about the Texans. Kansas City, though, they uh, their defense is on point. Alex Smith, that game manager everyone keeps talking about, but he's 
They got Travis Kelsey. They got Macklin. They're out there, man. Um, Kendrick West. I don't know who. You never know who's playing running back for that team. There's always, always someone different. This this week was Spencer Ware. They they have a solid team. That's a team that could give us um, trouble moving forward into the playoffs. So you talk about AFC, Kansas AFC City though. You talk about Kansas City though. You know what's crazy, DJ Mees? Kansas City. Alex Smith is just known as a quarterback who's just a game manager. He doesn't pick up big yards. You know, he doesn't have too many 300-plus yard games or three touchdown games. Let them play the New England Patriots and watch that man possibly put up career numbers just because <laughs> that's the type of defense the Patriots has. So Alex Smith, he's probably hoping that he can get a game against the Patriots uh, before the season's over, whether they meet. I don't think they play in the regular season, but nope. whether the Patriots see them in the playoffs, Alex Smith could possibly put up career numbers against them. Who knows? Oh, for sure. And <laughs> if uh, unless the Patriots do something, work on some schemes, what was really puzzling, since we're going to talk about the defense, and I've been listening to everyone go off, what really puzzling is when the Patriots only send maybe three, three to rush at Wilson. So you expect there will be a lot of people back in the secondary, back in coverage, and yet – down the middle, there'll always be an open guy out there, and it's just it's you you go you look at it, you're just like, how is he so open? How is he wide open? That's what everybody keeps saying. Anytime Russell Wilson runs out, finds someone wide open down the middle, whether it be Jimmy Graham, Baldwin, or Kirk, they always find a way to just seep through some window, and it's puzzling because there's not many people rushing rushing to the quarterback, so they should be out in coverage, but they get lost. Somehow, some way. So that defense definitely needs to get disciplined. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. But DJ Mees, you know what time it is. Oh, it's that time, huh? Yeah. Uh, it's time for the CLNS Patriots postgame show, uh, Stars and Sorries of the Game. And, I mean, it's not it's not usual that we're, we're coming to the Stars and Sorries after a loss just because the Patriots are always – Usually on the winning side of things, but we—it's not—it's not—it's not usually that we come to this point in time. And I'm trying to think of a star from this game, DJ Mees, who really stood up and had a big performance. It's tough to really point out a star, um, uh, but I think, in my opinion, I don't know if you have anything different, but in my opinion, I guess you'd have to go to Laguerre Blood. I mean, as as much as we talk about, he wasn't a big factor in terms of running the ball and what he was able to do. The man still finished the game with three touchdowns. Uh, so, in my opinion, he is the star of the game without a doubt. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt definitely up there. I would I would pick Martellus Bennett as well for consideration. Had a huge game. Ankle injuries he's been battling. Seven receptions, 102 yards. Came up clutch and, and helped Brady out. With Blunt, yeah, he had three touchdowns, but – I feel like if you had any featured back, they would have they would have been able to get those get those touchdowns. Except for that second touchdown that we were speaking on, where he really that was a blunt touchdown. He took, carried that whole team to fight for that one yardage line. But Blunt had a great game, three touchdowns. He's having a career year, honestly. And so I I can't get mad with your pick of having Blunt as a star, CLNS star of the night for the Patriots, anyway. Absolutely, and I hear what you're saying with Martellus Bennett at the same time. Great game from him as well. Uh, but when the good 
there's the bad, and, and when you're bad, bad. <laughs> there was a lot of bad. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. And I mean, took to the Twitter Twitter world and, you know, wanted to get their pin. I switched things up a little bit when it came to my interaction with Twitter and getting their thoughts on this game. I definitely posted to, uh, to Twitter who did they feel was the sorry of this game. And with the overwhelming 61% of the vote, uh, a lot of people felt that it's just the Pats defense uh, letting them down. Uh, 31% of Twitter felt that, you know, the Pats play calling was a huge issue. Uh, and 8% felt that Julian Edelman's, you know, late game fumble uh, probably played a, a huge role into how things could have possibly unfolded late in the game. But definitely the Pats defense from start to finish, always questionable week in and week out. Yeah, and like I've been saying, this bend not break thing has been pretty much an excuse that Patriots Nation been using because at the end of the day, we all know that it's possible to break. You you can only bend so much <laughs> until you exactly. start breaking. And then they broke down this week. So there, needs, there has to be a lot of rebuilding. And at first, thinking, looking at this game, I'm like, okay, if we do fall, you have San Francisco who you can beat up on. And and everything will be handy dandy, nice and good. But don't sleep on San Francisco. Who Colin Kaepernick can throw? He can get get some yards. They got some some receivers out there. So now you, you're looking at a team that's not good at all. That you're kind of worried how your defense is gonna show up again. So that's not that's not comforting at all. Just by saying that, DJ Mees. And, and watching the Pats defense tonight, you know, just like Nick from Tampa said earlier, and not only did they bend, but they broke, you know, broken back, bent over, whatever the case may be. So because of that Pats defense from DJ Mees and myself in the postgame show, we got to give the Pats defense a big sorry. Yeah, man. And then on top of that, just because that, that last play of the game was just one that could go back and forth and you can get people's various opinions. I asked Twitter, you know, last play of the game, Patriots chose to pass the ball uh, instead of running on the one yard line. Uh, Was running the ball the better option or do you have to trust in Brady and Gronk to possibly, you know, get it done? And 51% of Twitter felt that, you know, trusting in Brady and Gronk was the right decision instead of running the ball on the one yard line. Very close. I, I, and I, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'll say it, it, it was a very close between 51, 51% trusted in Brady and Grunk. And I'm looking at it, you got a lot of votes, man. So people are very, really passionate about this question. And you can't you can't really get mad. You know, they tried three times to run run it. It wasn't working. So they went to the Brady and Grunk. And some people say it was past interference. So you don't you don't know, man. You don't know. It's it's so funny because, I mean, it's a play that you look back that you could kind of compare to what happened in the Super Bowl. In, in the Super Bowl, in that, in that case, you have Marshawn Lynch on the one-yard line. Why don't you run the ball? And in this case, you know, probably looking at it is you have Tom Brady and, and Rob Gronkowski make that play happen. So, I mean, it, it's crazy to look at it from both angles and just think about the different players on each team. But, yeah, man. Say about those two questions, you know. Sorry of the night, and then trusted in Gronk and Brady to possibly get it done. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. Patriots fall to the Seahawks in tonight's game. 
Yep, with ended off with our final thoughts. Final thoughts of the game, man. Patriots. It was an exciting game between Seahawks and Patriots. Defensively, as we've been saying, Patriots were not good. They they have a lot of things they need to improve on. Trey Flowers was a bright spot. He definitely stepped up. We there was a Nikovich sighting, his first sack of the season, and um, the offensively, Martellus Bennett looked great. I wish the game plan for op- in the offense was a lot better. I I don't know what Josh McDaniels was thinking. So there was it, it was unchar- it was an uncharacteristic game, as Alondra was saying. But at the end of the day, Patriots are seven and two. They will rebound, and Bill, we trust Mike. Yes, sir. Your final thoughts? Uh, just another situation where the Patriots' defense really frustrates me. And, I mean, the Ben not break, they, they, they were broken tonight. And it, it was tough to watch. But at the end of the day, when you play like that against a, a, an elite team like the Seattle Seahawks, it's not surprising that it happened. Uh, they'll look to bounce back next week for sure. Alonji, we'll end it off with you. Well, you know, guys, I I think that this is probably a good test in the long run for the Patriots defense. I, I would say that this is probably, unless you want to go with Cincinnati, this is probably the best offense that the Patriots have faced so far this year. Maybe Pittsburgh, but they weren't really at full strength. You know what I'm saying? So this is probably the biggest test that the Patriots have had to face to this point. To that, I would say this is probably a good thing. They could They can build off of this. They can figure out what they did wrong. Then again, man, I mean – Justin Coleman got worked tonight. Logan mm. Ryan got worked tonight. You know what I mean? Know. So it, 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 Cyrus Jones fumbled the ball again. You know, so it's just like it's not it's not looking too hot on, like, the peripherals. You know what I mean? If you're looking at Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, all these guys, sure, yeah, they're playing great. Dante Hightower is fantastic tonight. Okay, yeah. But the rest of the defense, the guys on the outside, the guys on the edge, not really getting it done. So I got, listen, there's another tough test again next week. Make no mistake. Marv, you mentioned it. I think it was, you mentioned it. Colin Kaepernick can move. He, he can, he can move. throw and he can move. And the Patriots, what have they had issues with so far this year? Tackling mobile quarterbacks. They couldn't tackle Tyrod Taylor. They couldn't tackle Russell Wilson. You think they're going to be able to tackle six foot five Colin Kaepernick? It, it's going to be very <laughs> difficult. So, um, they really got to work on this defense, man. The offense, I'm not worried about. They had some struggles tonight. They had some uncharacteristic plays, some mishaps, but they still had a shot at the end of the game. It's this defense, man. This defense won't won't win you any games unless against good teams. Definitely, a lot of questions will be asked during the media this week. We'll be paying attention. We'll be seeing if there's any changes in in the secondary, in the front line, whatever. There might there needs to be a shakeup. So we'll be on the lookout for that. At the end of the day, Patriots lost tonight, 31-24, 7-2. This post-game show will be available for on-demand download by searching for the CLNS Radio New England Patriots post-game show on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as the CLNS Radio Mobile Podcast app. When you download our feed, you'll also get the Patriots News Feed Podcast, our daily news podcast hosted by our content manager, Michael Longi. While you're at it, make sure you go out and check the Patriots Beat Podcast hosted by Harris, which is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and the CLNS Radio Mobile Podcast app. 
You can also check out Tyler Trudeau's Patriots pregame show video segments at youtube.com slash CLNS radio before every Patriots game. And be sure to check out Charles Rustic's written work on the Patriots at clnsradio.com. Today's show was brought to you by Indochino. Get any premium soup for $389 when you mention the code Patriots at their Newberry Street showroom in Boston. Omaha Steaks gets the family gift pack for just $49.99 when you go to omahasteaks.com and type the word BEAT, that's B-E-A-T, in the main search bar and buy Blue Apron. Get your first three meals for free with free shipping when you go to blueapron.com slash patriots. Want to thank all our guests, today's callers, and everyone who tuned in. For CLNS Radio Executive Producer Larry H. Russell, Patriots Content Manager Michael Longi, my co-host Mike Nice, I'm Marvin Azan. See everyone back here next week when the Patriots take on the San Francisco 49ers. Have a good night. Yes, sir. This is, has been the Patriots Post Game Show powered by CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for all New England professional sports. We will see you guys week 11. guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how.